The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 257 of the podcast. Or you're joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, or possibly Twitter. First time trying out uh, Twitter live. We did. We have done the Periscope, which was attached to Twitter for a little while, but that got disconnected and... I don't know. I didn't. I didn't read all the messaging. All I know is we're probably live on Twitter right now. Awesome UFC pay per view last night. UFC two sixty six headlined by Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz, <laughs> unbeknownst to uh, Alexander Volkanovski and Brian Ortega. Uh, John Jones arrested. Uh, fights made. Hall of Fame inductions whole bunch of stuff to get to but before any of that let me introduce all the way from new jersey the kickingest soccer coach on the east coast jeff the animal wilson jeff What's going on on this Sunday afternoon, my friend? <laughs> Bill, I don't know about kickingist. I mean, our record is 0-1-4, I think, um, <laughs> with, the, with the girls' soccer team that I coach. I coach the JV team. Uh, the varsity team, they have a win, but they have, I think, eight losses. So, uh, Bill, you know. Um, One win and eight losses? Yeah, or something like that. Might be seven losses. But, uh, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I don't care about the score, Bill. I just uh, I'm happy that my team they all get along with each other, and you know uh, some of them they may never talk to each other again after this season, but uh, you know at least they've had this time together to you know laugh and enjoy each other's company. You know that's what it's all about for me. And the fundraising, Bill, the fundraising for sure. Speaking of which, we might as well give a little plug to support. Jeff's soccer team here, the Ramblers. I'll put a link uh, in the show notes along with, you know, the link to our merchandise at uh, Team Reaper, like always. Uh, for those of you watching the video version, I'm scrolling through all of the merch available. Uh, proceeds go to the Ramblers JV soccer team so they can... Um, what do they do with the money, Jeff? Uh, so, Bill, that money is going towards backpacks, new uniforms, um, all that fun stuff. So, um, yeah, so it's a good cause. It'll help the team out. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, see if we can get Coach Wilson as uh, as the top <laughs> seller here, Bill. Because yeah. be, I'm not going to lie to you, Bill. I'm, I'm in it for some selfish reasons because – Depending on how many items uh, are sold under each player or each coach's name, they have incentives. So, mm -hmm. like, if I sell a certain amount here, um, I can win uh, a backpack for myself. Um, but uh, it's it's this is done through fan cloth. I think the top prize is like an Apple Watch or something, which I don't need. Um, so I don't mm -hmm. care for that. But Bill, I'm all for the backpack. I'm in it for the backpack. Oh, um, choosing the backpack over the Apple Watch, huh? Yeah, I can't carry any any of my soccer gear in an Apple Watch, Bill. Yeah, well, it's getting to be hoodie season, folks, so uh, you can grab yourself one of these crop top hoodies from FanCloth and, uh, you know, support, support a good cause. You know, kids in athletics um, is an awesome thing. In a, in a day and age where, you know, kids are attached to devices – iPads and television computers and all that stuff. Uh, it's good to know that there are still kids, you know, getting exercise and, and keeping healthy, staying in shape, playing sports. 
Um, the, it says on the website here, Jeff, that the campaign ends in 12 days and 11 hours, 50 minutes and 26 seconds. Is that accurate? Yeah, the campaign only runs for two weeks, and we started on Friday. All right. So, uh, um, unfortunately, it's going to be a while before uh, you actually get your stuff because of COVID things and, and you know, yeah. stuff being hard to deliver and things it's going to take course. a few weeks but um i'm not gonna lie to you bill i really like our selection i actually went and bought a couple of things myself for this so uh you i'm really just, excited you could have just bought a backpack because you, you're buying the stuff to get yourself points to get the backpack why don't just buy a backpack put a rowdy's patch on it or ramblers <laughs> sorry rowdy's is the soccer team here in St. Pete. <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking of doing that, Bill, but I ordered a backpack last year from a mm. similar fan cloth sale, and it was really small. Um, because I wanted ah. to get a new uh, yeah, I wanted to get a new bag for jujitsu, but my gi is not, my gi by itself is not gonna fit in it. Mm. Yeah, I always carry the gi separate. So I have my I have my bag and then I tie my belt around the gi and just carry it like sling it over my shoulder. Um yeah, so guys. Go go on the fan cloth. I'll, I'll put the link and um, you know support a good cause. Uh, do you want to talk about the fights, Jeff, or you want to talk about John Jones? Nah, Bill. No, we have to talk about the fights first. Like, <laughs> okay. dude, last night's card was ridiculous. And Bill, I told you this. I missed the main event. It was really late night, and I was exhausted after the Shevchenko fight. But mm -hmm. Bill, you told me to go back and watched it. I went back and watched it, and. Dude, I, I'm so glad I did, man. What a fight. What a third round, man. Um, dude, I don't even know how to put this third round into words, Billy, because you start off with, you know, Volkanovski looking good on the feet, and at some point he takes Brian Ortega down, which I think is not the move against Brian Ortega. You know, mm -hmm. he's got some slick jujitsu, and Volkanovski found out firsthand Ensel American, 989, talking about Marab Valishvili. That was a great fight, too. I can't wait to talk about that one. But, mm -hmm. Bill, the first thing that happens is Volkanovski jumps into Ortega's guard, starts ground, you know, laying out the ground and pound, and Ortega starts throwing up submissions. Oh, no, wait, I'm lying. I'm sorry. Hold on. I missed out. I, I left out a really important part. At one point, Ortega hits Volkanovski with, I think it was a left hand, drops him, and just slaps on this um this uh, guillotine mm -hmm. and and i'm thinking it's it's game over for volkanovsky mm -hmm. somehow he powers his way out of it then he finds himself in a rear naked choke gets out of that at some point he gets he he's in a triangle uh while ortega's on the bottom bill and then he finishes the round on top with ortega just laid out at the end of the, when the, when the bell rings bill yeah. my brain can't even like process this to describe it to you you just you have to go back and watch it if you didn't yeah what i loved about this fight is that it was it was super one-sided like it, as as far as i'm concerned volkanovsky won every single round i gave him a 10-8 in the third and the fourth even though none of the judges did that i'm, I'm not sure why because brian ortega barely got off the stool for the fourth and fifth rounds so and it, and those the third and fourth rounds ended the same with Volkanovski on top just beating the shit out of Ortega. And I say it was one sided fight, but at the same time, um, there was never really a moment that Ortega wasn't threatening and wasn't dangerous. Um, you you got to give him credit for for hanging in there, but um, I I think this fight should have been stopped after the third round. Um, and Herb Dean had even said to Volkanovsky, try to get him out of there. <laughs> like he was looking for a reason to stop it. And Brian Ortega may be too tough for his own good. Um, I think if you're the corner there, you got to stop this fight after the third round when you're your guy like can barely see. He looked like he was unconscious on the stool. Um, and, and then after basically getting knocked out, you know, he was saved by the bell in that third round. He goes back out there and takes even more punishment in the fourth. And in the fifth round, he had some moments like he started to rally a little bit and, um, you know, even landed some of the final blows of the fight. But 
was it really worth it? Like just for just for the to land those couple of punches with all the extra damage he took. Um, I think you know somebody should have been a little responsible in the corner, gotten him out of there. You know, lived to fight another day. Um, because obviously he would have walked out there, you know, blind and 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 battered, which is basically what he did. Um, I so impressed with Volkanovski, Jeff. Uh, you know, the the submission escapes, like you're not gonna get into those submissions any deeper than that without getting out. Um you know, the, the escapes were not the most technical, like the guillotine escape. He kind of flopped like a fish and like wriggled out of it, which is definitely not supposed to work, especially, you know, we know Ortega has a nasty guillotine. He submitted Cub Swanson with it. Um, yeah, I was amazed every time. I think there was a, a, a Darce choke in there as well that he was into pretty tight. What, what a tough dude, man. And if you asked me after the Max Holloway fight, I, I probably wouldn't have said he's the best um, featherweight in the world because I thought Max Holloway won that fight. I think based on this performance, I would say Alexander Volkanovsky is the best featherweight on the planet. And I, I don't think I don't think there's even a debate um, uh, unless it's for Max Holloway. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, Holloway is going to fight Yair Rodriguez, so... I don't think we're going to get to see the trilogy with Volkanovski. A lot of people have that one-to-one, but, you know, everybody except the judges, which, you know, they're the reason that Volkanovski has the belt. Um, I know I just went off on, like, three different tangents there, Jeff, but uh, what do you have to say about all that? Bill, first off, I agree with you 100%, man. Volkanovski, I felt like he absolutely dominated the fight. Although I I would have given the first round to... Ortega just because he landed this a couple of stiff crosses that mm-hmm. uh that make that made Volkanovski take a step back and uh, he had that he had that bad cut Volkanovski under his eye uh at the end of that first round so I thought Ortega was off to a good start looked a lot better than that fight with Max Holloway I'll tell you that much mm-hmm. um but after that man Volkanovski turned it up you know, uh, his his hands were were loose, and you know, throwing leg kicks and stuff, dude. For me, Volkanovski just looked a lot more comfortable in there mm-hmm. than than he has in in some of his other title defenses. And you know, I, I I'm still of the belief that he lost one of those Max Holloway fights. But, yeah, um, he absolutely dominated Brian Ortega, man. And I agree with you. I gave that uh that third round a 10-8 just because one, it could have ended two Ortega. He needed to be pulled onto his stool. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing. The corner man came over and pulled him up onto the stool. If if I'm Herb Dean and I, I'm standing there watching that, like he can't even get on the stool himself, I, I would wave it off. Um, yeah. It's just so – it was unnecessary. And how about the ground and pound from Volkanovsky? Just like – Vicious. Oh, man, standing over him. Uh, beating him up from inside the guard, uh, not afraid to go to the ground with him, you know, even after getting caught in those submissions. Um, but, you know, the guy trains with Craig Jones, so I'm sure he's been in plenty of uncomfortable situations. Um, Bill, before we go on, I'm getting a little bit of feedback. I don't know. It sounds like something crunching behind you. Something crunching? Or maybe it's a wire. Do you still hear it? No, not anymore. Okay, maybe it's because I was moving around. Um, yeah. So, Volkanovski, man, what a beast. Yeah. Um, Ortega, oh, now I'm hearing it, too. <laughs> what do we got here? I don't know. Is it coming from you? Uh, I'm not sure. Hold on. Let me move some stuff around in my room. But uh, keep talking. I'm here. All right. Well, while you're looking for source, before we continue down this card, let me tell you about this bottle in front of me here. Um, this was brought to my house by my friend, training partner, coach, all of the above, the one and only Coach Bill Eastlick, judo black belt, jiu-jitsu black belt, MMA coach, and a fellow 
whiskey appreciator. So Coach Bill is uh, more of a scotch guy like yourself, Jeff. And he brought over this Glenmorangie Quinta Ruban. So this is a 14-year-old scotch, and it's aged in American oak bourbon casks, and then it's finished in ruby port casks. So I guess the Quinta is the 14 part of this. And the Ruban is for the ruby port cast. So port, uh, of course, a uh, popular dessert wine uh, in Europe and some parts of the United States, I guess. Very sweet, Jeff. So they take this whiskey that's aged in the, in the oak barrels for 14 years and they finish it in the port cast. So, you know, the port wine sticks to the inside of the barrel and then you dump some liquid in there and it, it pulls you know, some of those flavors and tannins and things out of the wood. Um, and I got to say, man, it's really, it's really awesome. See the color on it there. It's like, it's, you could tell it's well aged cause it's like nice, nice dark and, and like a reddish color too from the, from the port. And the, the nose is like super sweet vanilla. Um, it, it drinks like really smooth. I only, I only poured myself a little bit here just to uh, just to remember what it tasted like because I um, had quite a bit last night, Jeff. You know, had some had some buddies over and and some good booze, some awesome fights. But um, yeah, cheers, Coach Bill. Yeah, shout out to Coach Bill, man. I miss him. It's been a while. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna have to pay him a visit when uh, when you come down. Um, in a few months, right? Yeah, man. As soon as the soccer season's wrapped up, uh, we'll head out there. But our, our season ends like that first uh, week of November. Depends on how deep we go into the uh, the the county tournament. But mm -hmm. we'll see. I don't know what the future holds, Bill. For sure. Well, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, that I, I just remembered the finish on this is a little spicy which is nice. And the spice kind of like trickles down, trickles down your, your tongue. Nice long finish on that one. It's a really nice scotch. Um, my other buddy Earl brought over like three different bottles of bourbon to try. Um, so I had to, you know, I had to sample those. I felt obligated. I didn't want to be a rude host. So you got to, you know, people bring over, some whiskey you gotta try it um the one i enjoyed the most was called rebel tenure it's a single barrel bourbon i would i would compare it to blanton's um stronger proof it's a hundred proof um really good really dark cherry uh really tasty sweet but not overly sweet um i'm gonna have to keep an eye out for that one and then uh my other friends brought over some beers that I didn't get to try yet because, you know, just, I like to stick to one spirit or uh, beverage usually for the night. So got some cool uh, local Oktoberfest beers to look forward to later. Um, any of that peaking your interest, Jeff? Yeah, for sure, dude. You know I love a smooth whiskey. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely... Right up my alley. And, uh, Bill, I think that was a great choice for the fights last night, man. I mean, it was a longer night, so definitely probably you want to sip a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, for uh, for a night like last night. Because, Bill, um, the last three fights, all of them went, I think, at least four rounds, dude. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a late night. I, re I realized, like, after uh after everybody left i was just kind of cleaning up i was like oh man it's two o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and um that that made for a rough morning this morning jeff because i'm not um you, you know i had quite a bit to drink which is not usual for me like i don't i don't tend to like overdo it you know i just like to sip on some good stuff but um yeah i had quite a bit last night and uh you know, the kiddo is always waking me up early, even on the weekends, and it doesn't matter what I was doing the night before. So luckily, I'm not prone to hangovers, but 
Um, I was definitely feeling a bit groggy when I was woken up at uh, 7 a.m. this morning. <laughs> um, but it was worth it because we had um, an awesome fight card. So let's get into this co-main event, which I, I got to be honest, I, I was like in and out on this one. You know, I was talking and, you know, shooting the, shooting the breeze. Um, and it, it looked like Valentina was just going to outpoint Lauren Murphy, like by a landslide. And then that finishing combination came out of nowhere. It, it reminded me of the Simpsons. I think it was when Homer falls down a cliff and just hits every rock on the way down. <laughs> and then they like airlift him out on a stretcher and they drop the stretcher. And the stretcher falls and hits every rock on the way down. That's what that finishing combination looked like from Valentina Shevchenko, where she just sent Laura Murphy tumbling down a mountain, hitting her face on every rock along the way, and then put her on the ground and just blasted her with nasty elbows. Um, it was just brutal. It was vicious. It was beautiful, Jeff. Bill, that was divine mercy if I've ever seen it because Lauren Murphy, Bill, did not show up. She was not in that cage, dude. Mm -hmm. uh, she was a punching bag for four rounds. Mm -hmm. All right. Dude, Shevchenko just – Lauren Murphy had nothing for her, mm -hmm. um, to put it simply. Yeah. Um, there was no point in that fight where I felt like, hey, Murphy might have a shot here. And, uh, Bill, I don't know if you were listening to the commentary, but uh, DC in particular was very disappointed with the co with uh, the advice that Lauren Murphy's corner was giving her. Because they were saying, hey, you're doing a good job. Uh, let's turn it up this round. But they weren't giving her any technical advice mm. to try and turn the fight around. They were just telling mm -hmm. her she was doing a good job, you know, like patting her ego a little bit. Um so DC, you know, he basically said his the corner was doing her a disservice, which I agree with a hundred percent, dude. Um, I just I did not see any area in this fight where Lauren Murphy had a chance to mm -hmm. one over Valentino Shevchenko. Yeah, she was just outmatched, um, and maybe the corner knew that. So maybe surviving was. You know, hey, if we if we go to the distance with her, that's a win. So you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Stay in there. Keep blocking those punches with your face. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I and I agree with DC. Like that's not good cornering, but I also don't think that there's anything else they could have told her that would have helped. Like, <laughs> um, and, you know, stop being a worse fighter than her. <laughs> <laughs> just I win know, i don't know i don't know what kind of what kind of technical advice would have done her any good you know um start slipping punches like <laughs> like stop hitting her fist with your face uh i i don't know i i don't know what would have helped so you know maybe they were just at a loss as well i mean she was she was just running into walls everywhere she went. Um, so I think surviving was enough. And, you know, she did it until the fourth round. It just, Shevchenko is just so good, man. Like, there's just nobody else on her level. Like, even, not even close. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you do with her. She's a victim of her own success. You know, she's willing to go back up to 135, but as, as long as Amanda Nunez is there, I don't think they're going to make that fight happen. So Amanda will have to lose that title. And, um, you know, good luck to anybody trying to take it from her um, because, you know, she's got the same problem. Um, you have in the three women's weight classes, assuming that 145 is still a weight class, you have the champs and then you have everyone else. And, you know, that's just that's just the reality of it, at least that, you know, straw weight, uh, you know, that's your one uh, redeeming female weight class where you have at least a little parity. You have, you know, titles changing hands. You had Rose 
upsetting uh, Wiley Zhang. Um, and you got some fun matchups. But what do you do with Valentina Shevchenko, Jeff? Yeah, man, it's it's a it's it's a dozen, it's half a dozen in one hand or six in the other with Valentina Shevchenko. Because like you said, you know, she's starting to clean out this 125 pound division, but you can't have her fight Amanda Nunez again because she's already lost to her twice. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know, dude. And I and the sad part is, man, I would love to see Shevchenko versus Nunez like right now. Because, mm-hmm. and Bill, we've talked about this, I think, you know, to no end on this show. In that second fight between Shevchenko and Nunez, Shevchenko turned it up in that last round. And if it had gone two more rounds, you know, maybe Shevchenko wins that fight. Mm-hmm. But, dude, um, I don't know, man. I don't know what you do with Shevchenko here. Yeah, I mean... I would almost say, like, move her up to 135 for a non-title fight. Because, I mean, she's going to batter anybody you put in front of her at 125. Like, she's not going to slack off. She's not going to get, like, this old-school champ mentality and get lazy. Like, that's just not who she is. She's in shape all the time. She's training all the time. Uh, She's constantly sharpening her tools that are already the sharpest in the division by far. Um I would say, you know, give her a big fight. Maybe move up to 135 to fight Misha Tate. You know, get get her a payday. Because that you can make that a headliner, Misha Tate versus uh, Shevchenko, and then the winner gets Nunez. They could say, like, all right, we don't want to do the trilogy with Shevchenko and Nunez, but if she comes up to 135 and beats Misha Tate, then we'll throw her in there. And you also need a reason to fast-track Misha Tate to a title shot because, let's face it, the uh, the clock is ticking. Um, so I, I think it's a good solution. What do you think? Yeah, Bill, I, I mean, we might not have a choice in the matter. I mean, this might be the only solution mm-hmm. um, because I don't see Shevchenko going down to 115. No. Uh, you know, she's, she's up there. She's like 32, I think they were saying last night. Yeah, and that, she's she's got she's got a a bigger frame. Like, remember, she used to fight at one thirty five. Yeah. Um. Which you know Jessica Andrade did it, but she's smaller. Um. Let's move along, Jeff, for the sake of time, because I know you're you're pressed for time. Shout out to my buddy Justin, uh, who's tuning in and drinking some Baker's. And he wants to know if Lawler should just go ahead and retire. And I love that he uh, corrected the spelling in the follow-up comment. Um, I, I mean, it's not a bad thought. It, it was a fun fight, like, for what it was. Robbie Lawler, Nick Diaz. But it was also, like, it was like watching, it was like watching two guys who used to play in major league baseball playing in a softball game. Does that make sense, Jeff? Yeah. I was even thinking like uh, those soccer charity matches where they bring in like older legends and stuff. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And they're hitting the ball with their walkers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Kicking it off of a wheelchair. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be tough to be the goalie in a wheelchair. Um, yeah, it was It was good. It was a fun – it looked like right off the bat, Nick was just going to get blasted. He came out with that ugly spinning kick, and it was like, oh, no. And, you know, everything leading up to this, his interviews where he was saying, I don't want to do this, but then he said, you know, I felt this way my whole career – but when he says it now, it's a little different because he's saying it and he's like struggling to put sentences together and, you know, seems a little bit punch drunk and came in out of shape, asked to, for the fight to be moved up to 185. Um, I was, it was kind of like, oh, don't don't let him in there. And then you didn't know what you were going to get out of Robbie Lawler because he's lost three in a row. Um, you know, obviously – this was a vendetta for him because he has the loss to Nick Diaz uh, 17 years ago, 
which I remember watching that fight. It was crazy. Um, I don't know. I had mixed emotions about this one, Jeff, because then they got into some exchanges and it wound up being, you know, pretty competitive. Nick, we, you know, had that pitter patter style and uh, like, I'm just starting to get into it. And then Nick gets dropped and basically was like, eh, I'm done. And that, that was the ending. And that was, that's how I felt about it. It was like, eh. <laughs> oh man, Bill, I, I had mixed feelings going into this one, man. I'm as, I, I'm a Nick Diaz fan. Don't get me wrong. But Bill, it's been six years since he did this, man. That USADA mm -hmm. ruling, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, that USADA ruling, you know, ruined his career, you know, it, and, and we're seeing that now. Mm -hmm. um you know you know you know he wasn't training uh for those six years maybe he was teaching some jujitsu classes and you know mm -hmm. maybe getting some fun roles in but he wasn't you know getting ready for camps and stuff um and bill um i don't know if you saw this but in the twitter comments that pop up on uh on the events now somebody bet seven thousand dollars on nick diaz um yeah, I'm. Uh, they're they're. Uh, I certainly hope they still have a house after all this. But um, yeah, right, dude. I'm sorry, Imagine man. Telling your wife that. Uh, I mean that guy doesn't have to. But um, <laughs> but Bill, if you thought Nick Diaz was gonna win this fight, I'm sorry, man. Um, like you could tell once once they close that cage door, um, dude, Diaz just. He didn't look like he wanted to be there, like, at all, man. Yeah. He started walking into the cage with his shirt on. He was like, that's how I get into the pool. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just leave this on today. It's real sunny out, you know? Um, oh, man. Yeah, it was... I, I don't know. I feel weird about it. I don't feel as bad as I felt watching Vander Holyfield get in there. But, you know, what, you know, Nick Diaz is only a couple years older than me. You, you know, he's not a 50 or 60 something year old uh, retired fighter. But I, I kind of had some of those same feelings, like watching him do this. And um, I don't want to see him fight again. He definitely could. Um you know, Nick Diaz will always be a draw because he's got such a massive following. I think he's actually more popular now than he was when he fought Anderson Silva. You know, it, that time away, you know, kind of let his legend build a little bit. People started talking about him and watching the old fights, you know, including the Robbie Lawler knockout. And then, you know, as Nate got famous, Nick got more famous, Um because, you know, people started talking about like, oh, that guy tapped out Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah, his brother used to fight, too. And he was awesome. And, you know, it it built and built and built. I can't imagine the pressure he felt getting back in there. You know, now that he's this massive star with this cult following. Um, wait, and he was popular as a fighter, but I think more so now. Um, he's so popular, he could get back in there five more times lose every single time and people would be like yeah nick diaz let's go put him back in there uh i'm not one of those people especially seeing how the fight ended where you know i thought it was another freak leg injury because he was like grabbing his knee um but it turned out like he just he was just knocked out and like he was still reacting um but he was basically on autopilot like it, it looked like he didn't know where he was um you know awesome combination from robbie there um, I don't know. What do you, if you had to pick, no, I don't want to word it that way. Do you think both of these guys should retire Jeff or, or what do you think is next for, for either of them? Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. They're, they're some of the last gunslingers, dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think it's time to hang it up for both of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't see Robbie Lawler getting another shot at, uh, at the welterweight title. Mm -hmm. Um, just because Kamaru Usman has been cleaning house against mm -hmm. everybody they put in front of him. And unfortunately, um, I feel like he has, he's too multidimensional for Robbie Lawler to, 
to be effective in a fight yeah. against him. Um, and Nick Diaz, he doesn't owe anything to this sport, man. If anything, the sport owes something to him. Uh, mm -hmm. USADA owes something to him because USADA ruined the end of his career, man. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Nick Diaz was in his prime when uh, when when that uh, when that suspension happened. Although I don't think that was USADA. I think that was one of the athletic commissions. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm not too sure on that. I mean, feel free to correct either of us if you're if you're tuning in live here, so we can have that information on hand. Yeah. Um, um, oh, Mark says Nick Diaz versus Cowboy Cerrone. UFC 300, <laughs> you know? <laughs> UFC 300. <laughs> um, that, that would be interesting. Cowboy has fought Nate, but I think Nick had said he doesn't want to fight anybody that his brothers fought. Um, hmm. Maybe he wouldn't agree to that. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, would, I would love to see him retire. If anything, Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz, three, do it. In boxing, do it in Triller. Let both of these guys get a payday they deserve, and um, you know, then then hang them up. You know, let, let these guys, you, you know, they both deserve to have to be set for life um, yeah. financially. You know, they they put in the time, they put in the work. Um, that that's what I would love to see for both of these guys. Um, moving on, Jeff. Curtis Blaze and Jairzinho Rosenstrike. Um, this was a fun fight for me, I thought. You know, because it was pretty dominant by Curtis Blaze. Like, Rosenstrike had no answer for the grappling. He had no ability to stop the takedowns for the most part. He had no idea what to do off of his back to get back to his feet. But at the same time, he cracked Curtis with that knee and for Curtis, it was a race to finish the fight before mm -hmm. it was stopped by Mark Smith because his eye was shut, Jeff. Um, you know, in between the second and third round, the, the corner was like prying his eye down with the with the cold steel and like trying to like <laughs> lift his top eyelid up and get the swelling down. And he got it down just enough. So he had a little sliver of eyeball looking through. It was probably like, you know when you get stuck in your t-shirt, like putting it on, like you just gotta, like can see out just a little bit. Um, I mean, there's no way he was able to see out of that eye because he did the, the fatal mistake that, you know, Chris Weidman did against Yoel Romero, you know, going, going for that single and, and dipping your head down and Rosenstrike timed it perfectly with the knee. But um, that's what was so exciting about this fight to me, Jeff, because it was like a race against the clock. Yeah, for sure, Bill. I agree with you 100%. And I thought Blades was so smart in that third round. Because really, the third round is where the eye, it looked like he couldn't see out of it anymore. Um, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of that third round, just took Rosenstrike down, held him down, was on top of him, you know, had his head in Rosenstrike's chest and body. I thought it was a good idea. So the ref couldn't see that the mm -hmm. eye was swelled shut, man. But uh, yeah, this fight was definitely fun. And, you know, there were a lot, there were some boos. But I think that's because of how good the rest of the card was. So, yeah. Bill, there's I'm still not... some booze, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> Bill, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I I, uh, I I felt like this card was awesome, man. But dude, what a performance from Blades! And I thought Rosenstrike was mm -hmm. really smart uh, reading those takedowns and and throwing the knees in there. Uh, it, it worked a few times, but. You know, like you said, he just didn't have a yeah. concrete answer for those takedowns. He, he wasn't stopping Curtis Blades, and Curtis Blades is so good at uh, at what he does, man. And uh, that, that's what I love about Curtis Blades is he he sticks to what got him to the dance, and that's that mm -hmm. wrestling, man. Uh, but Bill, what do you see next for Curtis Blades? Because he called out either Enganu or um, Gone. So what do you see for him here? I don't think he's gonna get that fight. You know, he's got the two losses to Nganu. Granted, you know, they were kind of controversial. One ended with a cut and one was like kind of an early stoppage. Um, but, you know, he's going to put himself in the same boat as Shevchenko where like, he, what else can you do with the guy? Um, there are some interesting fights. You know, I think Tom Aspinall would be a fun one. Mm. Um, you know, he's on the rise. So if you want to throw him into the deep end uh, and then you've got Chris Dawkus as well who fought earlier on the card, looked great. 
Um, I think that would be a good test for him. Um, and, you know, the winner will get closer. And then if Cyril Ghosn is the champ by then, you know, Curtis Blades will have a, a better shot at getting a title shot um, because, you know, John Jones might get thrown into the mix if he can stay out of jail. Um, you know, Stipe is still there. Stipe is still deserving. Maybe you do Blades and Stipe. Um, I don't know. Um, and what do you do with Rosenstrike? Because he's already lost to the two guys that are fighting for the title, and now he just lost to the number three guy. Like, he's going to fall quite a bit down the ladder. Um, so maybe you do Rosenstrike and uh, Abdurahimov or uh, Rosenstrike and Volkov, I guess. Or did they fight already? Uh, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I can't recall because Rosenstrike. Well, uh... No, they haven't fought. So, you know, he's been win loss uh, since fighting in Ganu back in May. Uh, you know, and then he knocked out Junior Dos Santos and then lost to Cyril Gan. But then he knocked out Augusto Sakai. I forgot about that one. I mean, I've been big on Rosenstrike since he came in the UFC. You know this, Jeff. Yeah. Um, you know, so impressed with his striking background. But, like, he's he was really exposed for his grappling in this fight. I mean, I think, I think everybody kind of knew. But now it's like, oh, he does not know what to do down there. You know, he had that one point in the third round where he kind of he kind of swept Blades, but then Blades just, you know, circled around, wound up on top anyway. Um, but, yeah, big glaring holes there. Um, but, you know, heavyweight's exciting, at least. You know, we've got we've got a lot of young up-and-coming guys. You know, by young and up-and-coming, I mean, like, they just turned 32. <laughs> <laughs> young and up. Oh, man. Young and up-and-coming for heavyweight. Um <laughs> You know, and then you got the young, the young heavyweights, uh, the young heavyweights in Bellator, are the ones that aren't wearing diapers yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move along, Jeff. Uh, Jessica Andrade just blasted Cynthia Calvillo. Um, I, I thought this was going to be a more competitive fight. And Andrade, man, what can you say about her? She's got, you know, probably the most devastating knockout power in the division, you know, maybe in all of women's MMA, you know, she might be the most fearsome striker there is like, she just, she just puts chicks out, which you don't see very often in women's MMA. Uh, give me your thoughts on this one, Jeff. Yeah, man, I'll be honest with you. Like you said, I thought this would be more of a contest, but dude, Andrade just ran through Cynthia Calvio, man. And, Bill, I, I don't think Jessica Andrade is a technical striker um, by any means. Mm -hmm. But, dude, pound for pound, she's got some power, man. Mm -hmm. I think that she's got, like, Amanda Nunez-type power. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, of course, I mean pound pound for pound here. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously Andrade uh, fighting at uh, 125 right now. But, dude, um, I – if – if Wiley Zhang loses to Rose Namajunas again, because they're scheduled to fight at UFC 268, mm -hmm. um, I am not opposed to seeing um, Andrade drop down to 115 to take on Rose Namajunas again. I think that'd be a pretty interesting fight. Uh, you know, let Namajunas try to get one back off of that uh, that freak um, finish from their first fight. Yeah, and I'm sure Rose would want that one back. Um, you know, does does Jessica want to go back there? Um, you know, she's making that OnlyFans money now. Uh, does she really want to be killing herself to get down to 115 pounds? Uh, I don't know. Uh, only she knows. But yeah, man, the, the power is something something to behold from you know such a a, a small person with enormous legs. Yeah. Um, I, I know I've noticed it before, but last night I was like, holy shit, her legs are huge. She's got like tree trunks, which is probably where all that punching power come from. Um, 
another this is a fight at night for me, Jeff. Marab Davalashvili and Marlon Marais. Um, how could you want more? Like great scrambles, great wrestling, great ground and pound, fun on the feet. There was almost a knockout, and then you know, Marab was almost finished in that first round. And then, like always, Marlon, you know, blew all his energy trying to get him out of there. Um, you know, there was a point where it was debatable, you know, Keith Peterson stopped it when, when Marab fell back into the cage. I don't think a lot of people would have been upset. Like did, but then he came back and, and just smashed Marlon. Like that his ground and pound was brutal. It was, it was the, the most vicious we've ever seen him. Like he looked like angry in there. And I know him and Marlon were like exchanging words at one point. And Marab just started screaming at him as he was punching him and elbowing him in the face. Um, give me your thoughts on this one. Dude, this fight was absolutely bananas, Bill. Um, like you said, Marab really almost gets finished in the first round by Marlon Marais. And, Bill, this is one of the few times where I think Marais was right to empty the gas tank because he dropped Valshvili hard. All right, and then he started chasing after him. I thought the fight was over. I was like, not like this, man. Just not like this. And then Valshvili, man, we've talked about his cardio, Bill. Mm -hmm. It's the stuff of legends, dude. Like, he has mythical cardio, dude. Yeah. And and that's what got him through that fight, man. And, Bill, we've talked about this. You know, guys with good cardio, they're hard to finish. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the 30 seconds on the stool was all he needed. And then he came out and just blew Morice out of the water, man. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, but Bill, I wouldn't have blamed the ref for stopping it for stopping in that first round. Uh, you know, I think Keith Peterson had every right until like maybe the last fifteen seconds. I felt yeah. like where Valsh really actually ended up on top, but I felt like any point before those last fifteen seconds, Keith Peterson could have stopped it mm -hmm. from what ice. But I'm glad he didn't, man, because what a comeback, dude! Yeah, and um, and Bill, we've talked about Valshvili here, man. Um, you know, I can't, I, I can't wait to see where he stacks up in the rankings this week. Um, and you know, we know Raheem's. Um, I'm sorry, not Raheem. Uh, Aljo Sterling has, uh, you know, he's got some business. At, at the top of the division here. But uh, I think Vaj really starting to throw his name into this title picture, man, very, very soon. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to get to the point where guys can't duck him anymore because mm -hmm. they were able to because they knew what he was capable of. They're seeing his fight. Like, good fucking luck fighting that guy. Um, you know, you can't, can't knock him out. You can't out-wrestle him. Uh, you know, he's got good submission defense. You can't stop his takedowns, and he's going to be in your face. Uh, you know, Ray Longo said it went as far to say that, like, he's built for five-round fights and can't wait to see him in a five-rounder because the guy is just such a workhorse in the gym. He said they have to force him to stop sparring. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see him how he stacks up with the top of the division. I think maybe a rematch with Ricky Simone would be good because um, he got robbed against him the last time they fought where the fight was stopped at the end of the fight it was it was super weird you guys probably remember that um yeah man but marlin's gonna marlin you know if he doesn't knock you out in the first round it's pretty much a loss <laughs> it's as how his ufc career is gone um so i don't know what the answer is there but yeah great performance from rob i hope those guys got bonuses i didn't see who got the bonuses if anybody knows uh, feel free to fill us in on it. Um, Dan Hooker, who like almost couldn't fight on this card, gets in there and just battered Nasrat Hakparast, um, you know, who comes out of a very good camp. He had GSP in his corner, actually. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this one, it, it was a it was a battering. And like the only time Dan Hooker was getting hurt was when he was engaging in the clinch and trying to get those takedowns, which, you know, he eventually started hitting. I think he was just trying to send a message like, yeah, I could knock this guy out, but let me show you. I've got wrestling and grappling too. Um, now, w would those takedowns work against, you know, some of the top guys in the division? No, but, um, you know, at least he was mixing it up. I, I thought Van Hooker looked great here. 
Yeah, Bill, I agree with you. A very dominant performance, man. And, uh, you know, Nasrat Hakparaz, tough dude, really tough dude. Uh, you know, uh, I feel like Dan Hooker kind of uh, steamrolled him a little bit and kind of uh, took the wind out of his sails. But, you mm -hmm. know, good performance nonetheless. I think both of them actually had a hard time uh, getting to this fight because they're coming from other countries. I think they had issues with their visas or something. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I think uh, I think Israel Adesanya had to pull some strings to get Dan Hooker um, into the country from whatever they had to do. I guess they have a lot of uh, strict regulations in New Zealand. Because uh, I remember after Dan Hooker's last fight, he had to quarantine for a few weeks and wasn't able to be with his family. Got, like, depressed, even started talking about retiring. And then, you know, got back in the gym and shook it off, I guess. Um, Jeff, for the sake of time, because I know you got to get going soon, uh, I'm going to breeze over the rest of this card. I, I know who I was most impressed with in the prelims, but uh, give me your thoughts. Chris Dawkins, um, impressive TKO victory over Shamil Abdurahimov, basically finished him twice, and then he you know, just knocked all of the spit out of his mouth. Yeah, uh, on several occasions. <laughs> um, but awesome finish from Chris Dawkins. Called out Stipe, which is a good move. Cop versus firefighter. You know, there's a little storyline there. Uh, I don't think he's going to get that fight, but I think he's making the right moves. Um, Talia Santos, uh, unanimous decision over Roxanne Modafferi, unfortunately for Roxanne, who, you know, we're, we're fans of. It, it was just... You know, there was nothing she could do in this fight. She was just hitting dead ends left and right. Uh, Jalen Turner, very impressive, submitting uh, Euros Medic, um, you know, proving he's got some grappling, which is a fairly new thing. It looks like he's picking it up pretty quick. Um, Nick Maximoff, unanimous decision over Crody Brundage. Then the most impressive to me, Matthew Semlisberger, with a first-round 15-second knockout over Martin Sano. Um, man, what can you say about this kid? He's just a nasty striker. Just, you know, through the, through the straight, right down the pipe, um, landed it flush and put this guy out, uh, landed an extra blow while he was unconscious. And then Jonathan Pierce submits Omar Morales in the second round by rear naked choke. So tell me, Jeff, out of all those fights, those six fights I just listed for you. What was uh, what uh, was, Bill, uh, sticking out to you? I'll be honest with you, I was most impressed with Jalen Turner, man. Um, just absolutely dominant performance, and you know, he won with a submission with uh, with a rear naked choke, but dude, um, you know, he he picked Oros Medic apart, man, you know, on the feet, was looking great. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think he even needed. The rear naked choke. I think he could have just knocked him out or uh, mm -hmm. round and pounded him uh, for a TKO. But man, um, yeah, he slapped on that rear naked choke and then he used his hook to turn Medic over uh, to, to finish the submission. So, really nice uh, jujitsu from Jalen Turner there. So, I'll give it to him for this one. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Mark Fellows who informed us that performances of the night went to Dawkus and Marab, and the fight of the night was. Volkanovski and Ortega. So that's fair. I'm not uh I'm not mad at those. I mean you could have given you could have given out bonuses to almost anybody on this card, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Um, you know, if I had the money, I would I would Venmo them. <laughs> <laughs> Venmo bonuses. All right, Bill, what do we got next week? All right, we got let me see. Let me make sure this is next week. Yeah, October 2nd. Believe that, Jeff? October already. This year's flying by. I was, like, waking up this morning, and I was like, oh, it's fall. Let me go, like, maybe sit outside and drink my coffee this morning. I went outside, and it was just, like, getting into a sauna. And I was like, nope, still Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one's back at the apex. Um, packed crowd last night, Jeff. Look, looked like a packed house. I know um, we have, we have some buddies who were there. Uh, our friend Eddie Law from the uh, from the Keyboard Warriors podcast was there live. Um, our our buddy Tomer, 
that we used to train with uh, back at Henzo Gracie Fort Lee was there. I saw he was on Facebook, posted some photos. But next week, back oh, at the nice. Apex. Um, and we got the other Dawkins brother fighting in the co-main event. But the main event, Tiago Santos and Johnny Walker. And how do you not love this fight, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be an early night for somebody in that main event, dude. Mm -hmm. uh, both of these guys love to finish. They go in there and just brutalize their opponents, man. Bill, you got to wonder about Thiago Santos here because, remember, he did have that double knee repairs mm -hmm. uh, against um, after his fight with John Jones here, and it looks like he's coming off of three losses. Bill, mm -hmm. I don't think he's going anywhere if he loses this fight, but, mm. you know, just there's some causes for concern here. Yeah, I mean, what a beast that man is. The, the fact that, you know, he had that double knee – repair and like torn ACL and all that. The fact that he's even getting back in there and fighting after that is incredible. But yeah, uh, you got to wonder if he's even the same anymore, but if he is, uh, this is an awesome main event. And then this is actually an incredible card, Jeff. I'm really excited for this one because the co-main event, Kevin Holland, Kyle Dawkins. Um, so that's a really fun one. So we, we saw the other Dawkins brother get a, a bonus last night, and now we get um, the uh, welterweight brother, is it? Is this fight going to be welterweight or middleweight? I can't tell because he's fighting Kevin Holland. <laughs> it could be either, if anybody knows. Um, let me know. And then we got uh, – I'm just going to run down this card, Jeff, and you, you uh, tell me what's sticking out to you. We got Cowboy Oliveira and Nico Price. Um that was a rematch, right? Because that one ended weird or something. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think they fought each other before. Uh, man, I'm thinking of somebody else. Nico Price fought. Uh, Misha Serkinov uh, and Christoph Jocko. This, uh, that's an incredible fight. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be my sleeper pick because I don't see a lot of people talking about that one. Um, that's awesome. Aspen Ladd coming back against Macy Chiasson. They, they have uh, similar records, so that should be good. Alexander Hernandez and uh, Mike Breeden, which I think I think Mike Breeden was on the Ultimate Fighter. I'm not sure. Joe Selecki was, and he's fighting Jared Gordon. Antonina Shevchenko. So we have two cases of siblings uh, <laughs> fighting back-to-back -back weeks. So Antonina is going to fight the undefeated Casey O'Neill. Uh and then we got Betch Correa, who I thought retired, fighting Carol Rosa. Maybe she's retiring after this one. Uh, Devontae Smith and Jamie Malarkey. That's a really fun fight, Jeff. I might change my sleeper pick to that one. Or I'll have two. Uh, then we got Stephanie Egger against Shauna Young. And then Alejandro Perez against Johnny Eduardo. Um, man, I'm excited for this card. I, I uh, This is my first time reading it all the way through. I knew about you know, a handful of fights on here, but this is great, Jeff. Uh, what's what's jumping off the page to you? Oh, man, Bill, the main card itself looks fantastic, dude. I I'm, I think we're getting spoiled with two really good back-to-back -back cards here, man. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I really like all these fights, man. The main event looks awesome. Uh, Holland versus Kyle Dawkins is going to be good. Uh, Oliveira versus Nico Price. That's another fight that's probably going to a finish. Mm -hmm. Um. Misha Cherkinov versus Christoph Jocko. Um, that's going to be an awesome fight, Bill. You know, I'm a big Jocko fan. He mixes it up so well. And mm -hmm. Misha Cherkinov is no no easy customer, no joke. Um, Aspen Ladd versus Misi Chiasin looks good. Alexander Hernandez. I don't think he puts on boring fights. Mm -hmm. um, Selecki versus Jared Gordon looks good to me. I mean... Bill, you know, take your pick here. I think uh, I think this is definitely going to be a good card. Um, I just want to look up the start time because we, Bill, my girls' JV team has a game that day. So I want to make uh -oh. sure I can watch this. Yeah, I mean, it's in Vegas, so I don't see it being, a, like, an obscure time or anything. But, um, yeah, man, this card looks so fun. Um, let's put a start to put a bow on this episode because I know you got to run. But before you do... We have to talk about John Jones getting inducted to the Hall of Fame for his fight with Alexander Gustafson. So the fight was inducted to the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, I believe he lost that one, Bill. <laughs> I know you do. Um, I mean, he definitely, he definitely lost. Um, he definitely lost on the night overall. So within twelve hours of receiving his uh, Hall of Fame induction, John Jones gets arrested again for domestic battery and some kind of damage to a vehicle. So my, my buddy, Matt Temple, who was also over last night, his theory was that him and the wife had some kind of dispute. She runs off on him. They're at some casino party and she runs off on him, gets in a cab or gets in somebody's car. And John comes and like kicks the car or something. So that would count as domestic battery, you know, because, you know, you can make the argument he was trying to hit her and um, it would also count as, you know, damaging or tampering with a car, whatever the, whatever the language was. So sounds like a pretty sound theory. We'll go with it until we have more information. Hopefully he didn't actually hit his wife. Um, it, it seems like it's, it's been a little while since we had some John Jones news like this, but it's not shocking. It's not, I mean, it's almost expected. Dana White was like, I can't even bring this guy to Vegas anymore. It's just not a good place for him. Um, but what do you think, Jeff? Bill, I don't think that Dana White can allow John Jones to leave the house anymore. Like, I think that's where we're at, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, Bill. I mean, I was looking up the start time. To the to next week's card it starts. I think the main card starts at uh at seven. And Mark Fellows mm-hmm. is absolutely correct. Some guys just can't handle Vegas. A line yeah. made famous by the movie, The Hangover. Book. Yeah, yeah, I love the Hangover reference. That that's that's such a great movie. And it was one of those movies where I saw it in theaters, and immediately after, I was like, um, you know, that was that was okay. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, this scene. Oh, and this scene. Oh, and the and the, the scene with the baby had to, sitting at breakfast. Um, yeah, but nothing it, tops that tiger scene, dude. It's a it's a masterful, yeah, it's a it's a comedy masterpiece. And the way the 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 way the plot ties together and everything like that. So you've never seen the hangover. Like, I don't know what you're doing watching this show. Turn this off. And go watch The Hangover. Why yeah. are you peppering the steak? <laughs> <laughs> Tigers hate cinnamon. They love pepper. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, there's so many. <laughs> they should call them floories. Every time you take them, you end up on the floor. Oh, um, yeah, so where was I going with this? Oh, John Jones. Uh Man, the guy just can't stay out of his way. It seems like, you know, all that talent came with a lot of demons, which makes him do a lot of dumb shit. And you have to wonder, like, you know, would without these demons and without being, you know, such a loose cannon, would he have been as good at fighting? You know, maybe not. Maybe that's the give and take. You know, it's like you have all these all these natural gifts and just like don't have the sense that God gave geese when it comes to your personal life and, uh, and even your own career, like stripping himself of the belt and then like not having a next move in line. Like who is helping this guy out and why are they doing such a shitty job? Like somebody needs to get a hold of him. And I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. Unfortunately, and I don't want this to happen. I don't think it's possible until he like really hurts somebody or really hurts himself. You know, when I say really hurt somebody, I mean like again, because I guess hitting a pregnant woman with a car uh, was not bad enough uh, to make him get his shit together. Um, and you know, I'm a big John Jones supporter when it comes to the fighting skills, Jeff. I don't think I, I don't think there's anybody better in the world. Um, and coach Bill and I were having this conversation last night. Like, is he the, the greatest of all time? I think so. Uh, Bill thinks it's Fedor. Um, you know, let me know what you guys think. Uh, I, I 
arguments can be made for both. And I don't, I don't think it would be a fair comparison until John Jones's career is done, which it might be, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So anything else on that, Jeff? I mean, Bill, isn't his dad a reverend? This guy needs some Jesus. <laughs> like <laughs> what the I, hell? Uh, I gotta, I gotta share. Oh man. I gotta share this meme because, because, uh, <laughs> Somebody sent it to me. It was like, John Jones says he can do things, do all things through Jesus. And then it's a picture of Jesus, like, <laughs> with the skeptical, the skeptical eyes. Um, I don't know if John Jones can do all things through Jesus, but I know that you guys can order MMA on the Rocks merchandise from our friends at Team Reaper. The website is reaper1.co. And you can use the promo code MMAROCKS10. That's M-M-A-R-O-C-K-S-1-0. Uh, save yourself 10% on your whole order, whether you are purchasing our merchandise or not. Uh, that promo code will work on anything on the website. Jiu-Jitsu geese, gear bags, sparring gloves. Um, they got all your MMA needs over there, including our over-the-top, under-the-influence T-shirts, hoodies, and tank tops. So make sure you go check out Team Reaper, reaper1.co. Jeff, you have anything else you want to get off your chest, my friend? Uh, yeah, just to all the fans out there, I'd really appreciate it if you could help out uh, the girls' soccer team, the Ramblers. Uh, would be awesome. Bill posted the link at the top of the show um, and in the show notes. So thank mm -hmm. you to everybody in advance. The, the shop closes in about 12 days. Because we only got two weeks to do this, and we started on Friday. So uh, that's all I got for you, Bill. Again, thank you to everybody in advance. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and you should post the link on your social media as well, Jeff. At Animal underscore Wilson. Twitter and Instagram is going to go do that right now. And you guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the Rocks everywhere on the internet except TikTok. Because I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>